everyone. Welcome back to another episode of ST Talks. I'm Laura Demmer, your host, and today I'm here with Horacio Lorea and Tim Round, two gentlemen who had a big part in the success of one of the most influential genomic cows of the era. That would be Miss OCD Robust Delicious. For those who are unfamiliar, Delicious is a robust out of a planet, out of an elegant. She is the dam of ST Genetics standout proven sire Delta, and her influence has shown throughout ST Genetics sire portfolio and the industry as a whole. She has almost 100,000 granddaughters in the U.S. alone, and she was named Holstein International's Global Cow of the Year in 2018. So we have a lot to discuss today with such an influential lady in our midst, but before we dive in, I want to welcome you both to the podcast today. Thanks, Laura. Hello, Laura. Hello, everybody. To get started, Horacio, you were the first to invest in Delicious, and this was a time when genomics was just starting out. Can you tell us what made you invest in that choice lot, and then what attracted you to Delicious herself? Well, it's it's amazing how time goes by so fast, you know. And uh, at that time, there was the beginning of the uh, the genomic era, and uh, and we're starting to see in, in some sales where uh, some breeders were starting to offer the uh, the uh, the first choice female from from an OPU uh, from pregnancies, you know, on on a certain matings, and uh, we. At that time, we were working with a company called Marita Holsteins and the partnership with Talon McKinben, and we were buying uh, some of these uh, first choices. And the idea was to start uh, selecting some of the cows families that we that we like it at that time. And 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 obviously, uh, Rudolf Sip, you know, is the original of this uh, delicious family. Where the, the, the delicious family comes from was a cow that I always admired, and and the idea of trying to Get some something from that family, especially with a cross of uh, planet, you know, and that was the, that was the, the decision why we we purchased this uh, planet Danica option, and because it was was a kind of combination of uh, a lot of productions that will production that will come from from uh, from planet, and the health traits that was uh, the, the the dominant genes on the on the rural seed family. You know, and and that's why we we ended up uh, buying this 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 choice where we got uh, delicious with with a lot of, lot of luck, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> now, Tim, a short time later, yourself and a few other individuals approached Horacio, and you all partnered together. What did your partnership see in this calf at the time that made you want in on her? So at the time, um, delicious was the number one GTPI. Um, or TPI heifer or cow the breed, and she was a significant outlier. And I will echo a lot that uh, Horacio was talking about as far as the cow family. But you know, she was a very unique animal for her time frame, and uh, with the extreme milk and production traits, along with health traits, and she really checked all the boxes. But I feel delicious as a cow that was ahead of her time, but uh, had a had all the goods to go with it. And, you know, it was, um, we were up at the International Intrigue Sale at Blondin and the heifer was housed over at Callum McKinman's and some of our partners, uh, Frank Borba and Mark Butts, they were over there to see the heifer. And I was not on that visit and they came back to the Blondin sale and they were ranting and raving that, uh, we need to own part of this heifer. And, uh, 
it was quite a price tag at the time and uh be still quite <laughs> a price tag at in today's world but it was one of those heifers where so delicious uh was purchased in the partnership of frank and diane borba mark butts farnier holsteins and tim and bill round we thought Horacio would be a you know we had no problem partnering with him and callum and mark had some partnerships with callum that in the past there so we knew that wouldn't be any problem and um yeah it was kind of all history from there but it was um you know hindsight uh harassed probably wouldn't have sold half and uh reversely everyone else probably wishes they would have bought her you know bought more of her but it ended up being a great partnership on um the bulls we ended up using on her and how all that you know developed generation after generation so that's kind of how it all came about and yeah, Rasio, if you have anything to add to it, is is quite a unique story. Well, it, it, it's it, it was it was amazing how how much how much higher she was than anything else in the breed, you know, and and uh, and and that's why she was she was so unique. She just got the very best from every of of her ancestors, you know, and 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 that's that's why she was she was so so unique, you know, and and I think it was was a very good decision, you know. Oh, and, and in terms of making a bigger partnership and and also start multiplying her because yes, that was the key uh, for the success of that family and the influence that it's having today on the breed. And Horacio, at this time in the industry, like we had said, you know, previously, genomics was just starting out, and there was a lot of excitement around this technology. But then, like you just said, Delicious was so much higher than everyone else in the breed, so there was a lot of excitement with delicious can you tell me why you believed in the genomic technology and what it feels like to see the success this you know genomic young calf you purchase has achieved now 12 years later well well because of uh, i was i was in I, i've been in this industry for for many years you know in fact we we started hearing about the, the technology uh, around 1996 97 where some universities are starting to to study, you know, the what is going to be the the, the opportunities to identify or the, the, the options to identify the good genes, you know, that will that will help animals to 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 be better or at least to identify animals at a very young age, you know, and and and, and predict their their transmitting ability. So I, I we we heard about that, you know, and nobody nobody expected that so fast, you know, in about ten to twelve years. That theory became a reality. So, so once United States and Canada, the two biggest uh, genetic producers in the world, you know, uh, it adopted the technology and, and included the uh, the genomic information uh, within the uh, genetic evaluations. But for me, it was a clear message that is this should be the way to go. You know, so there was a lot of people. There was a lot of discussions at the time about how effective. It's it's going to be. And in fact, some people they still discuss today, you know. But but the idea was to to un- to understand that it's going to be a tool, a phenomenal tool that will help to identify young animals that will have the potential to transmit, you know. But keeping some of the basics, you know, is when we start this 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 call. My first comment was about. The, the cow family behind delicious, you know, and and still I'm thinking in the same in the same in the same way. What we need to 
going to use is the, this tool to work with the best families, you know, and trying to identify identify the best young animals in each in each generation, and then use another phenomenal tool that is the the, the in vitro uh, technology to multiply them, you know, because it's the combination of these very unique animals and the and this process of multiplication that you can get uh, by creating so many calves that's the way it increases uh, you know exponentially the chances of getting a new delicious you know every every generation you know and and that was so so exciting at that time you know because it's, it's it was the beginning you know and and we were identifying some new families that were with there were Unknown because they were not in famous in famous farms, but for sure they were they were carrying the right genes. So that's why it was a revolution. That's why we can see the uh, the trend on the genetic progress. How much faster we had been uh, developing the the breeds, the both every breeds, every daily breeds by using this phenomenal technology. Right, and that and that kind of leads me into my next question for Tim. Once Delicious was purchased and moved to Wisconsin, she was put into a pretty thoughtfully planned out IVF program. Can you tell us what you and this new partnership group did during this time and how this helped Delicious become one of the industry's most notable genomic cows of today? Yeah, so um, actually uh, Delicious, uh, when she became time to start making embryos out of her and Sometimes, like Carrasco said, it takes a lot of luck. But at the time, uh, some of the new bulls out in the industry were uh, Numero Uno, which was one of the higher TPI bulls in the breed, and then Mogul. And, uh, you know, looking back, um, all the things that Delicious has done right and can do right genetically, and maybe where some of her faults were, those bulls are very complimentary. And, uh, it was, you know, timing is everything, but uh, I look back on, you know, Delta and Denver and all that mogul flushes we did. And, you know, Delicious is a cow that had a little set to the leg. And, uh, you know, as far as what mogul could come along and do is, you know, he'd straighten the leg out a little and add a little strength and uh, had a great memory system. And, like, you know, that those matings made sense. And, um, you know, me and Horacio exchanged a lot of emails during that time frame of what to mate this cow to or heifer at the time and um you know i we made the best decision for that time frame and uh the stars all kind of lined up so uh looking back i don't yeah i don't know if we call it all pure luck or if we look really smart <laughs> but then numero uno the same thing you know numero uno was a great health trait bull and nice type and uh could use more production to him and delicious had all the production and that's how a heifer like night out became. So it was, yeah, I think all the stars lined up, but uh, it's kind of fun looking back out of all the planning it took and uh, what we got out of it. Yeah, and, and Tim, and Tim, uh, what I think is very important to, to remark uh, that uh, you can make the right choices on the bulls, but then you have to create the pregnancies and then you have to have the live calves, you know, and, and, and develop them. And, and that's been great. You know, on, on the work that you did with her, because it, it's it's not only that she was a good producer and she was a phenomenal transmitter, but they ended up being animals 
alive that were that, that kept the family, you know, and that's that's the part of it human beings can do. And this is not luck. This is this is work. Very good point. Uh, and so, I guess my next question for you, uh, Horacio, is you know we're starting to talk about some of her offspring. So, were there any standout offspring once these calves started hitting the ground that kind of gave you that? aha moment when you kind of knew delicious was going to become a little bit more than just a high genomic donor well well i i remember i remember a visit uh to to iowa you know when when when, when we were with team you know and at that time i only, I only knew all the offspring by the numbers you know because of living in argentina and and so we were getting all the reports about the calves and the numbers and and i remember the impression when i when i saw in general, you know, the the offspring from from uh, from from delicious is how consistent she was on 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 a pattern. You know, is that going to be functional animals with a lot of quality? You know, but overall correctness. You know, you you can see the quality. You know, but I also remember in, in that trip that uh, night out was was really outstanding as as an individual. You know, very young yet. You know, but but a beautiful beautiful heifer. But everything from coming from from delicious will have, you know, the quality in the head. You know, just you can see an animal that was really the combination of daily strength that will make them so functional. Now you both have mentioned uh, this cow a few times. So Tim, I I guess I would like to touch on a few individuals, and the first would be Delicious's daughter, Night Out. Can you explain what happened when her genomic evaluations came out um, and what you experienced with this with this daughter? Yeah, after after Night Out's genomics uh, come out, she was one of the first daughters that we genomic tested from Delicious. And uh, she was such a chart topper, we decided to clone her. And then, uh, you know, those were coming behind. But... Uh, Night Out and her clones have left an impact on the industry on the uh, maternal and paternal side of things. So I would say out of all animals that we've ever genomic tested in my year over the last uh, 12 years, I would say Night Out would rank in the top five as one of the most exciting heifers that we've genomic tested and came out for her generation. And the next individual I would like you to just speak on a little bit is Delicious's mogul son, Delta. He's known around the world for his consistency. Can you tell us about his story and how he came to be who he is today? Yeah, so I touched on a little bit earlier, but Delta, sired by mogul, um, that was the second flush we did on Delicious. Um, Una was the first, but... uh, Looking back, Moga was a great meeting on Delicious, and um, you know he came out. He was a top ten bull for his age group, and uh, he came along. Ended up being a mating sire and everything, and, and we decided at the time to sell sex semen only on him, which allowed for a lot of daughters to be out in the industry. And as Delta daughters matured and started to calve in. I was getting phone call after phone call and text message after text message and, you know, people telling me and taking pictures of how great this bull is and how he's going to be because he would just stamp a pattern from the udders to the body to the legs production wise. Um, you know, that bull for me ranks in the top five of all bulls I've seen of how consistent and how good he can make them 
from any environment, whether they're in a freestyle environment, tie stall environment, uh, robot environment, the bull is just, he just does it for everyone. And, and honestly, it doesn't matter which part of the world he's in. So Delta for me, um, he's, he's one of the all time greats and, uh, you know, he comes out of one of the all time greats as out of delicious. So yeah, that's a, it's a bull that is going to, has an impact in the industry, but we're going to see him in pedigrees 10, 20 years from now and still be talking about a bull like that because they just don't come every day. Right. And, you know, it's kind of wild to be talking about Delta, but even the impact that Delicious has had, there just recently was a pretty impressive young bull. Uh, His name is Durable. Um, and he is also from the Delicious family. Can you tell us about him, his pedigree, and his connection? Yeah, so uh, Durable's a Garza son and uh, comes out of an upside. And uh, upside's actually a grandson of Delicious and then out of a worth the risk right out of Delicious. And it's quite impressive because you're the fourth damn back, but you're in, out of an 11-year-old cow. and even the granddam of this bull um, is seven years old. So we might think that it's a, you know, delicious as an old cow and something, but you're four generations back of uh, one of the leading bulls in the industry. So that's quite impressive how her genes still carry through and how she's still going to have an impact on the latest generation. So pretty excited. And then, also delicious herself just made a, a Garza daughter eleven seventy seven net merit. So you're looking back of a cow that's eleven years old and almost making a chart topping daughter is uh, kind of unheard of. Right. So one other thing that I wanted to touch on talking about Delta, you think uh Delta's, you know, a great commercial bull and can do a lot of things, but I think it's quite impressive that uh, Delta can go sire a bull like Delta Lambda, who's actually having an impact in the show ring around the world. So not only has Delta proven to show her transmitting ability for or delicious or Delta transmitting ability for production and health traits, but, uh, you know, she's right there in all these pedigrees that are people are showing these daughters around the world. So yeah, if you... <laughs> It's crazy to think one cow like that can have that much influence, but uh, I don't know if any other cow will have that much influence and can do it, but that's for me, that's why there's only one delicious, and uh, she's proven to do it. Right, and that, that leads me right into my next question for the both of you. Um, in your opinion, like, what do you believe Delicious has done for the industry as a whole? Horacio, we, we can start with you on this one. Well, well uh, uh, clearly the cow has uh, is is still leaving a mark in, in the breed, you know, and 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 I think it, it's amazing how the Holstein breed has continued to to develop in, in terms of production or, or productivity, but but also the the, the combination of of the functional the, the functional traits, you know, and the Fertility and the livability. So I think I think the the impact of of uh, delicious in the breed comes in this rare combination of production and health. You know, 
with very very functional type you know and 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 clearly it's it, she made a, 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 a before and after you know uh, with with uh, the impact of, of of her offspring you know in the breed and Tim so we can also say delicious's impact uh you know can come through our sons and daughters and things but uh you know the new breed leaders in the industry um they're sired by Thorson and they're out of captains, but it actually goes back to a Tahiti and Tahiti is the dam or the dam of Tahiti is a Delta. So no matter where you look in these pedigrees that rank towards the top of the TPI or net Merrill list, uh, delicious is having her impact. So it might not be in one generation or two. It's, uh, I firmly believe she, her genes are, very impactful and very good for the breed and it's showing you know proof run after proof run and tim you had mentioned this so um i just want to ask delicious you know she's still with us today what is she up to and i guess what are the the partnerships groups plans with her now yeah so uh you know as delicious grows older every day and uh she's living out at transova in iowa right now um in the pastures out there and uh i've seen her three or four months ago and she hasn't aged a bit from four or five years ago and uh we ibf her once a month and i go and use some of the highest bowls on her she's not making a crazy amount of embryos but i think uh some of her daughters um can have an impact on the breed to make that next generation we've done her to thorson here over the last couple months and done her to dominance uh even went back and used some tight bowls on her and just some different combinations actually the one of the most intriguing matings i've done with her in the last couple months is lino i think lino is an extreme production bowl for his generation and putting that on top of delicious i think it can be fun to see what comes out of that so the plans going forward um you know have the team out there take as good a care of her as possible because i think she deserves it and uh keep trying to make some babies out of her and i think uh yeah she's done as proud so yeah we'll just see where it takes us yeah she's definitely the the queen of her pastures out there that's for sure <laughs> yeah and she knows it too when you come look that wants to show off to everyone and uh i think she knows she is the queen so she's She's always had a great personality and a unique personality. And, you know, since she was a calf, it, it hasn't changed much. She uh, pretty much tells us she's number one when you walk in the pen. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, for my final question to wrap this discussion up with you today, uh, for both of you, looking back, you know, you all took a chance on a choice lot um, and then a five-month-old calf. Um, and now over a decade later, seeing what she has accomplished and how she truly influenced the landscape of the Holstein breed, how does it make you feel that you were a part of this? Uh, Horacio, we'll start with you. Okay, well, obviously, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an honor, you know, and, and uh, I can't avoid that every time I'm checking in the pedigree, like, uh, like Tim was mentioning, you know, just when you're checking on the pedigree, you, you find out, well, you got delicious here, or you got this animal here that comes from from some of the animals that 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 uh, we we own, you know. And and obviously it's like, well, 
for the passion that we have for for cows, you know, and it's 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 like a leaving a little bit of a legacy, you know, in, in terms of uh, what we've been doing all these years, you know, and and when we can leave just a, like a little hoofprint, you know, in, in the breed, and uh, and and that's why we need to thank a cow like Delicious, you know, because all the good things that she she had brought to us. Definitely, and Tim. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely an accomplishment that you you know you dream of and people dream of and. I just, uh, the end of the day, we buy cows, we sell cows, we do matings on cows, we make pregnancies, raise the calves, but to see the true impact of how she has progressed the breed um, around the world, just not in the U.S., um, that is just, uh, it's an incredible thing that, uh, you know, she has done and uh I can't be thankful, more thankful for. And then it just, it took a lot of people and a lot of different things for that all to happen. And I got to be thankful for all the different parties involved. So looking back now of all the years since this happened, uh, I don't think we could write a better transcript of it. And we got to thank all the people that, you know, put all the hard work into it and uh, belief into it. And, uh, you know, our, I think our goal and like Horacio's goal is we're, we had a goal to improve the Holstein breed. And uh, I think we can say we did that with her. Definitely. Well, I just want to thank you both for sharing this incredible story about an incredible cow like delicious um, and just kind of taking us along for, for the ride uh, through this podcast. We really appreciate it. Well, th- thanks very much. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. And thank you, Laura. And, yeah, thanks again, uh, Horacio, for uh, making Delicious available to us. Fantastic. Well, this was another episode of ST Talks. If you like what you heard, you can find more episodes on your favorite podcast platform by searching ST Talks or ST Genetics. And if you want to learn more about ST Genetics, visit us on our website at stgen.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. 